Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast. First week of finals, 2020, we finally got there. We are coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has been sacked from his job at the Channel 7 Audio Department. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day, Michael. What a, what a great weekend of football we have, but we start off on a very uh, a dismal note. Um, mm. I'll be... I'll be applying for job seeker or job keeper tomorrow. Well, both actually. I'll I'll rot the government, but it was my idea. I put my hand up. I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll take the I'll take this one for the team. But I said because I went in. We have a production meeting before every final, mm-hmm. and I went in there on the Wednesday. And I said I sat them down. I said to the bosses, the powers that be at Channel Seven. I said, what the people want is to really hear Razor Ray Chamberlain. Right, as loud as you can possibly can. And I said, does it go up to 10? I said, well, we need our amplifiers. I want them to go to 11. To 11? No way. To can 11. you, even, yeah, can you yeah. even do that on a, on oh. a normal TV? Well, you, you, you wouldn't have thought so, but I, I said, crank it. I said, people love Razor Ray. He's just, he's got something to say about every decision that he makes. <laughs> the players love the chit chat. Even Chris Scott had a bit of a chat to him at half time. I friendly... said, he doesn't even give a shit where he bounces the ball, whether it's not quite in the middle and favours one team. People love Razor Ray. They want to hear from him. They do, yeah. So, yeah, there they seemed to be just a lot of, lot of Razor Ray talk on, the, on that game, on the Geelong power game. Now, was it was it that they only had his mic up a lot, or is it that he talks a lot, or is it a bit of both? That's a technical fucking, question without notice. Yeah, technical question without notice. <laughs> by the way, yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Now, I'm going to imagine that if you're if you've got a group of umpires mm. and they're hanging out, Razor yeah. Ray's chatting the most. Okay, so I figure if you take that into grand scenario, then Razor Ray will mm. be talking the most. And also, I think he's also probably one of the umpires that actually will say stuff. I think most of the other ones are just kind of nerdy dudes who are just like, oh, I'm just happy to be out here. Oh, <laughs> you know, we've got to play by the rules, guys. Oh, oh look, it's, it's, it's Pendles. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> like, mate, just fucking officiate the game. Uh, oh, he, oh, he threw the ball, but I'm too frightened because these guys are so much bigger than me. Yeah, for sure. Like, after, you know, a good game like that, I imagine there are a bunch of umpires who go in and have a, uh, like, a hot chocolate bukkake, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Razor has oh, a bit of character about him. Yeah. But then also, I've had the thought of, why not only Razor Ray? Give us that option, Channel 7. So press red for Razor Ray. So you can get rid of the commentary whatsoever and you can just have all, all Razor Ray during the whole game. Look, I don't, I don't mind the idea of getting rid of all the commentary. I do not have an <laughs> issue with that. You know what? I, what don't you, let's have a, a, different, um, a different perspective. Like, why is it always the field umpires? I'd love to have the emergency umpire mic'd up. <laughs> so he goes, is that a fight? Should I get up? Should I go out there? Should I pull my pen out? Gee, it's fucking cold. You cold? I'm cold. 
When am I going to get a go? I could I could have given that decision. That shit ass. I could have thrown that ball up. <laughs> I could have said, what hey, do you reckon? nominate, 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 nominate. Yep, okay, We're throwing it up. I could do that. Yeah, I could easily I could easily nominate him. I know that Nick Nat's going to go in the ruck. Why is he even asking him? When's my when when, when am I going to get stalked by a crazed fan <laughs> who gets arrested? What do you reckon? Because would it only be one emergency umpire sitting on the on the bench? Uh, would you have? To, would there be two? Well, would there be an emergency goal umpire and an emergency boundary umpire as well? Or do you think? Or, or do you think? Do you think the emergency umpire? Okay, just, oh, just, say there's no goal umpire. Okay, because do you think the Emergency umpire, mm. do you think they'd have the talent to be able to switch? So they're not a field umpire, but do you think they have the talent to be able to switch so they can they can chase a ball and then throw it back over the head? I mean, that's a different skill no, set right there. it is a different skill set. <laughs> like, they don't know whether to go, you know, um, my call with it when a, the ball hits the post or to hit the post, mm-hmm. like, or when to call for the arc. I mean, they're, they're not skilled in that. It's a, diff- it's a completely different... Uh, ball game. So that's actually a good question, though. Do they have an emergency goal umpire and an emergency boundary umpire? Because has there ever been, like not in, in my time, where they've had to replace a goal umpire? Can you remember? I can barely remember uh, field. I'm sure field umpires have gone down with, you know, soft tissue injuries. Yeah, yeah. And there was that field umpire a few years ago who got from cuffs and was vomiting on the field. <laughs> that was cool, it was very it? funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they mic that up? <coughs> well, they did. They did. That was, that was actually part of the fun. He was mic'd up. And so the right. trainers ran out to him, and you can hear him going, <laughs> Great. Like, get out of you, mate. Get it out of you, mate. <laughs> um, but there was a goal umpire, I remember, a few years ago, not too long ago, actually. I think he went yeah. down I think he went down with a knee. I think the pack came across his leg, and he went down with the knee, so they had to get rid of him. So they, must yeah, have okay. a, they actually must have an emergency goal umpire then. Oh, God, what kind of fucking loser are you? If you're the emergency <laughs> goal umpire. Really, I think, I think the AFL can save a lot of money. And not have to, you know, fly emergency goal umpires around the place and pay them and shit like that. When they yeah. are literally doing a job that anyone in the crowd could do. Yeah, we'll just get, like, one of the dads from the Oz kick at yeah. half-time. <laughs> just, just go, in. mate, you, you, um, you're doing the second half. He's like, what do you mean? I've just had two beers. They're like, you'll be fine, mate. <laughs> you've, already, you've already got the coat, mate. You've already got the coat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you already signalled uh, out in the full, <laughs> even though it was clearly a behind with the, with the little kids. <laughs> So Razor Ray, though, it wasn't just uh, the people at home that were put off by him. Chris Scott had an issue with his um, the bouncing of the ball in the first uh, final, the first qualifying final of Port Adelaide and Geelong. So Razor Ray, there's clearly an issue with the very centre of the ground at the Gabba. And he needed to bounce it just off centre, which was really bizarre. Why wouldn't he just walk back towards the wing rather than go defensive side to Geelong? Like he shortened... He shortened the circle for Geelong and made it longer for Port Adelaide. If yeah. that makes sense. Gotcha. So, and and are we aware at all, like what the problem was? Like, was it like particularly muddy or something, or? Was it well, I don't think it was muddy. I just I, not not I muddy, but like a wet patch or something. Yeah, well, it just wasn't bouncing properly, so he bounced it in a different area. But also, if you're going to be doing that, just ball the fucking ball up, which is what Chris Scott was saying to him. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, just throw it up. Does it really matter? Like, I, I. I any talk about you know keeping the bounce and stuff like that it's like who cares who cares i don't care well we don't need it anymore because as we've been told over the years it's it's ruining umpires um shoulders backs yeah they, they, a lot of them like once they come out they are basically wheelchair bound and typing with a stick attached to their forehead that's how you can pick an umpire because they just their bodies collapse Arthur, dude yeah for sure like 
if you see a bloke like who can't, you know, I, I often come to the shops and like I see mm. a bloke who's like walking around, he's like trying to pick. He's got two arms, but he's trying like trying mm. to get the food up, picking up with a banana with his mouth and stuff like that. And yeah, you go, that's a fucking umpire, you know? <laughs> former umpire. <laughs> yeah, they've paid the price. I mean, good on you for umpiring, but it comes at a cost, and yeah. that's why I so mean, many people don't want to umpire. I mean, I go up and say thank you for your service. Mm. Yeah, and then I oh, head- absolutely, and then I headbutt him. But yeah, no, <laughs> he deserves that. <laughs> say thank you for your service first. He deserves that. Hey, dude, what are we doing this year for the grand final? It's going to be huge. We're going to go, we're running a grand final, post-grand final live show right around the country. Right around the world, my friend. Right around the that world. Very true. Anyone that around the true. world can tune in. So uh, we're doing our traditional uh, Two Guys, One Cup junk time crossover show. Uh, a little bit different this year just by the fact it's going to be on Zoom. Uh, so we uh, we can all watch it. It's a, bit, it's a bit like just watching a live TV show, Adam, actually. Yeah, oh, better than that. It's better than any live TV event you will ever see in your life. You so think the Emmys are good? Well, you wait till you see the uh, the, the live show. So we'll have a, <laughs> what a weird thing to pick out the Emmys. Yeah, <laughs> like people walking down the street going, "My fuck, I'm looking forward to the Did Emmys." Did you see this the year. Emmys the other day? It was pretty good. <laughs> uh, so we are going to be holding at four o'clock on the Sunday after the grand final, October twenty-five. It's going to be myself, Adam, uh, Charlie Clawson, Will Anderson, all friends of the show. Uh, we're, yeah. all fr- we're all friends of this show. Uh, $15. Tickets can be found at Try Booking at uh, type in, go ahead to trybooking.com, type in junk time or two goes one cup or grand final Zoom show, uh, and that will come up and you can make your purchase. So it's four o'clock. And it's Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Yes, yes. So for all the people out there, because there are different things to people overseas, like, uh, you know, Queensland don't do daylight savings because I think it upsets the cows. Yeah. Um, yeah, Victoria, New South Wales, Tasmania, blah, 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 all the way to the other side of the country. And um, so, yeah, so it's 4 p.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. But, uh, yeah, get on board. Try booking, type in junk time, type in two guys, one cup, um, and you'll be able to find the tickets. We'll see you Yes, then. and we'll be joined, obviously, as we have been every other year, we'll be joined by someone associated with the grand final team. So yeah, in for past sure. We've had Richard Dean Natal and to it, yeah. so it'd be Adam kind Spencer of, joined us last year. It'd be quite fascinating to see, like, who are the ones who can... Um, uh, uh, who, you know which team it will be that we'll be um, uh, picking out a, a fan of or a player. Yeah, no, that that is fascinating. Um, I actually watched a bit of a Zoom show on the week during the week on the Wednesday night. Actually, oh, actually, yeah. So as I get so ready for you to make here, fun of me, <laughs> what's that? As I get ready for you to make fun of me. Well, we talk about you know um, us being very busy and me being head of Channel Seven audio department and stuff. But you, you kind of uh, really hammered home to me this week how. Well, basically, is sad strong enough a word <laughs> to describe your life at the moment? Now, you had to do two weeks in quarantine, so you're used to being by yourself. But Wednesday night, mm-hmm. you ramped it up to a new level. What did you get up to, Michael Chamberlain, on Wednesday night? I watched the Peter Crimmins medal online. So, so for those who don't know, that's the Hawthorne Best and Fairest. Yeah, and actually, I, to show you how fucking pathetic I am, mm. I hold up and I'll show you my diary. And there it's got Wednesday night, Peter Krimmer's medal. So I actually even had a reminder in my diary to uh Now to how did you it. know that it was available to be watched on Zoom? Did they send out an email saying here's the link or here's the YouTube it channel? Was a Zoom show to a degree, but the yep. club would send out a link to members and say, you know, seven o'clock Wednesday night, you click on this link and then they probably did an update. They probably sent out a few and then on the Wednesday they probably sent out one saying, you know, don't forget tonight. Yep. Um, but it's really nice the club. Like they they send out emails and like from the you know, CEO and from um 
uh, Ben Stratton, you know, when he's captain and stuff. And, like, the director, like, straight to me. So, he's like, dear Michael. And I'm like, man, thanks for taking yeah. the time to, to write uh, to me. Good on your strats. Yeah. He, he put down, he turned the decks off to write that email to you. I remember years ago, uh, before, like, uh, after a prelim or something, or after a final, and, and, and then I got a text, like, literally, like, three minutes after the game from Hodgie saying, you know, make sure you get your tickets for next week. And I was like... Sheesh, Hodgie's not even doing the warm down. Like, he's yeah. straight on the phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so no, he's got the phone in the ice bath. <laughs> I got a text chamber. <laughs> um, so but, uh, how, how was the BNF? What was it like? It was actually pretty entertaining, I must say, by the fact it went for probably about now, 20 hour and a half. They had the chief, who I reckon might have been in Fox Studios. Uh, sorry, yep. Fox Woody Studios. Yep, um, yep. I don't know if it was live or on d- already kind of pre-recorded, but um, and then he kind of was in a bit of, bit of uh, in front of a big screen. And then they, you know, had Jeff come on and do like a Zoom speech. Um, yep. They also had Daniel Harford who was doing interviews. So he interviewed Clarko. And then they had, um, I think they did they did it kind of every four rounds. So they'd kind of show highlights of those four rounds. And for, considering Hawthorne's here, that went very quickly. Um, <laughs> they'd update the votes, then do another four rounds, update the votes. Okay. And in between that, have a chat to the players. So they like, talked to like, you know, Sicily and... Um, I think they talked to Strat and then they gave out other trophies like, you know, um, most best, improved, best clubman, best first year, best clubman. So like, yeah. So, um, so Harford would talk to them and then eventually, um, finish and talk to, um, Jack Gunston. But I must say, I said to a friend, cause you kind of, I, I don't know if you've done this, but like in the past, like the, I haven't gone to the dinner, but like they do have the dinners at Crown and you know, there's probably yep. a thousand people and. It's actually, I found it better. Like, you can watch stuff, like, online when they do the dinners, but, like, the speech can go for, like, half an hour. There's really no one reining them in. There's there's the, the tinkering and the clanking and people laughing and talking over it. But it was actually yeah. quite concise and quite good to watch. It was a bit like the, um, I didn't watch a huge deal of the Republican convention, but I watched a great deal of the um, Democrat convention, and I found that better than, like, what they normally do. Well, yeah, because they're not, they're, like you're saying, there's kind of, you don't have people there for the night, so you actually are trying to get their attention. Whereas if you're in the room, you're like, don't give a fuck, you paid your money, you're already here. Yeah, for so sure. So I imagine that perhaps this year the Brownlow might be a bit speedier uh, in the fact that they're going to have to, you know, just punch it out because they can't keep going across to players and faffing about in the room. So they'll just be like, here's the votes, fucking move on. There's no uh, red carpet to bore us all with. So it'll be quite a concise night, you would hope. I reckon you're right. And, you know, kind of maybe don't have to do like... Um, it's like a better word, but like you know, tributes or, um, or little, hey, here's a little comedy bit that we have, you know, just kind of yeah. get on with it, yeah. So, uh, when Brownlow is the Sunday after the second prelim, I believe, is that right? Yes, it is on a Sunday night this year as well. Yeah, whereas oh. usually it's on a Monday. <laughs> I mean, get 2020, get any more topsy turvy, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Adam, why don't we look at the finals? Okay, now, to, actually, sorry, just I uh, just should tell you, I'm um, being a Carlton supporter. Um, finals, um, mm. they're these games we play at the end of the year um, to determine the winner of the grand final. Now, I don't... Hang on, hang on, hang on. I yeah. thought this was... I thought what I was watching last night was like early pre-season. <laughs> no, no, no. So these finals, they often are played in September and the uh-huh. top eight teams and then and they're, 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 they're the good teams, right? And they play each oh. other. Uh, a series of games and then we get a winner. So when, like, I mean, when you often, like, probably think, oh, we finished, you know, fifth in the bottom ten, like, that's not good. <laughs> that's not that's not good. So you no, want to be in the yeah, top well, eight. Yeah, who wants to be fifth, mate? We finished third in the bottom ten. So <laughs> we did all right this year. 
So Geelong. So we're getting po- ready. All the we're getting pumped. The big dance is getting closer, dude. I mean, I must say, like after, a, I mean, I would say a lackluster year. Like I think it was pretty. Yeah. It was difficult to find like really good games this year. There are a few the highlights. One, you know there what? The ones that the ones that were good really fucking stood out. Yeah, yeah, and they. I reckon they probably like. I reckon every three rounds you'd be like, that was good. There's a cracker. Yeah. yeah. But like we had four crackers on the weekend, and it was it was really cool. It was really cool. I reckon it was it was great. Hey, I learned this during the week. Did you know this? Uh, that Western Australian people say "grandy," not "granny." Really? Now you fucking weirdos! What like seriously, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> it's, it's the granny, you fucking morons. Aside from it being the big dance, yeah, it's always been, and for as long as I've known in my life. It's the fucking granny. You fucking little secessionist over there. Like, what the fuck? So how did you find out grandy? Uh, someone had tweeted about it saying, I just found out that uh, Victorians say granny and not grandy. And I'm like, Oh, they think we're the weird ones. You yeah, fucking... yeah, you fucking sand molesterers. <laughs> oh Seriously. Oh, my God. What is, what is happening? Anyway, um, tickets uh, trybooking.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so what do you reckon they call like a Super Bowl? Do you think there's anybody out there who calls it like a soupy? Or <laughs> the bowly? Uh, uh, I don't know. You'd probably, you'd probably get the bowl, I reckon. You might get the bowl, but yeah, it's not because it's such a quick one word. I suppose also I Australian you. vernacular is all built on shortening everything, you know? Yeah, that, that that is true. But also granny is much better than grandy. Yeah, grand. Well, grandy sounds a bit lighty, da. Like if you go, yeah, it does. Are you going to the grandy? Probably, oh. probably the grandy. Are you going to the? Are we after the grandy? We made the. We made the. Well, if, I mean, if you're over the South Australia, of course, it'd be like we'd be going to the the big dance. Yeah, but also, how have we not heard of this before? Why are they keeping this a secret? Because they know it's fucking weird, and so they've kept it to themselves. They're like, whatever you do, if we go when West Coast played Collingwood in 2018. As they they like would have handed them uh, like a uh, how to act like a Victorian yeah, sure, uh, sure. thing when they're on the plane. It's like say granny. Yeah, sure. And like this granny, and someone goes, "What did you say?" I go, uh, "I said granny." Yeah, like they do stuff like um, um, make sure that you stay um, in your home um, um, after eight pm, like Victorian things. Yeah, yeah, little fun things like that. Like, uh, why don't you have a like a a coffee that doesn't cost fourteen dollars? How about that, Perth? <laughs> So yeah, Geelong Port. Yeah, that was a cracker. That was a cracker. It was it was really good. And you just looked at uh, Geelong had their chances in the second quarter. Everyone kind of looks like they were blown away. But Tom Hawkins, he he basically cost that team a flag. yet another final. Yeah, like he did last year when he didn't play in the prelim. So what was that? He kicked 05? Yeah. And I think in the qualifying last year he kicked 04. Um, and got reported. So he's had a cracker last year. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Now, Geelong have... I mean, they do have an incredible tradition of getting to prelims, but just not bound to get over the line. And they're now getting to a stage, I think, where... I mean, I'm not writing Geelong off or whatever, um, but there is that kind of thing of, like, mm, time's running out for danger, you know, to get one. Well, that's what they're kind of all... Um, they're kind of calling it the Dangerfield Premiership, aren't they? Because, they're, you know, they keep topping up and loading up with players to kind of come in and help Danger get there, but they're not really getting there. Gary Ablett was very quiet. Gary Rowan, um, he wouldn't need a coronavirus test after that game because he <laughs> fucking... He didn't go near anyone. That's very good. That's very good. Thank like you, that mate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great for Port, and it was great. Jeez, oh, fuck. My Port fans are fucking 
feral. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I saw Koshi there too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was also that thing of like having a proper crowd at the ground and, yeah. you know, actually having an atmosphere. And, you know, it's obviously a bit one side, more one side of important stuff. But having an actual atmosphere at the game made, made such a fucking difference, didn't it? It was really good. Yeah. And, and you saw that again with um, the last night's game in Perth was just an absolute belter. And there was a good uh, good um, support for Collingwood, I thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, no matter where Collingwood go, they get a good crowd. Yeah. You know, I mean, was it last year when I think it might have been the first Gabba sellout for a long, long time when Collingwood played up there and they're both going well. Yep. And um, and a whole bunch of Pies fans went up there and, um, and uh, you know, filled the place out. Yeah, they go anywhere. So they're very well supported. So that was a it was a great win by Port, and um, probably my favourite bit of the night was Charlie Dixon ending up in the crowd. Did you see that? He he jumped he jumped the fence and he sat down in the first row. And there's an article about some Geelong fan calling him a flog. He called him a flog. I was fine when a uh, a very strong six foot five man comes and mm. just spontaneously sits next to me. My first thought is I'm going to call this guy flog. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to get stuck into him. But also, uh, let me put it this like uh, uh, football tennis question with that notice. Mm. Is a player falling over the fence and landing in a seat and then acting like he's a fan, is mm. that a bit like a tennis player with a big racket or a bit of a tennis player, you know, getting rid of his mouth? I think that's, yeah, that's as close as we can come. There's a bit of hilarity in that. You know, he, you know what he needed to do? He needed to have a sip of someone's beer. It was COVID. Oh, of course. COVID ruined the comedy. If he had a sip of someone's beer or pretended to in the crowd, fucking hell, mate. For sure. That would have brought the Adelaide Oval down. Yeah, sure. Like, took a chip. Oh, fuck. Can you imagine? <laughs> and over there would have been chicken salt on it as well. <laughs> Missed opportunity for Charlie Dixon, but I guess he was being COVID safe. So, uh, Port Adelaide get the week off there into the prelim, and now Geelong have to face a rampant Collingwood who came off. That was uh, one of the best finals in years. West Coast and Collingwood have, um, you know, played in a few crackers of recent times. But how good was last night? That was fun. Now, did you – it didn't get a bunch of talk about, I suppose, but you saw the throw from Crisp at the end. Yeah, I did. I mean, are the umpires deliberately – it's been this year that – they are just not seeing throws the way they used to. I think they had to pay back Collingwood for the um, the Maynard Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think you made it up? So we'll give you this one, guys. No, but I mean, it was. Um, I, I, Is I there a directive though to go keep the keep the ball, keep the game moving, and if it looks a little bit dubious, just let it go because it's only been this year that players have gone fuck, man. We can get away with this shit. Well, I, I watched after the game finished. I kind of went back. I was like, I'm pretty certain that was a throw, and he yeah. tr- he attempted to get a hand to it, but just didn't. Um, and got it out, but um, yeah. and the umpire, I think, was blindsided. Um, uh, but the umpire, umpire was probably about seven, eight meters away. Yeah, so you could, yeah. you could, you could say get away with it by the fact I couldn't. I don't think you could definitely say that that was the throw in the moment. But Collingwood's win was uh, in the face of adversity. Like they uh, were a dirty team. They basically couldn't train at a normal facility. They were at a golf course. They didn't even have enough rooms. Half the t- the coaching staff or um, support staff had to or had to sleep in um, camper vans. It's been camper vans, so because the hotels were full. It's actually, I mean, fucking hell, WA fucking going real hard on this shit, and good on you yeah. too, actually, because by the fact that you know you've gone fantastically with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> took uh, control. But they said the police ha- uh, said to Collingwood that they had to mm. be one person to a room. 
Yeah. So one location filled up very quickly, and then another location filled up very quickly, and then also they brought over about thirty-three players, I think they said, and then they didn't bring like they didn't bring all the staff over. Like you know, Eddie wasn't there, um, from what I can gather, because we would have seen him every five seconds. Well, he's outside of the hub now, so he can't travel with the team. Yeah, gotcha. And so you know, obviously, you know, wives, kids, and stuff like that. So yep. then they said they had coaching staff in camper vans in car in the car park. Um, yeah, and so Bucks came out and sort of said, you know, it's galvanised the group and we, we're all in this together and we're all doing it tough. It's like, are you all in it together, Bucks? Are you <laughs> sleeping in a camper van, mate? What's the bet? Your room, beautiful, <laughs> air-conditioned, maybe a little bit of room service, probably got a bar fridge. Double bed, not a fucking camper van. Boot stutter in the fucking camper van. <laughs> <laughs> Boot stutter, not even a camper van. <laughs> Upside down car that's been burnt out. But I would also put it this way, that they're not the only Collingwood supporters to live in a camper van. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. But absolutely fantastic win for Collingwood. They keep their season alive. No one gave them a hope and... Fucking great game. Really good game to cap off an unbelievable weekend of footy. It was cool, but I remember on the coverage in the beginning, they they kept mm. on talking about because they threw to Basil and uh, Xavier Ellis. Yep. Um, who actually has a really good podcast, if you want to listen to that. If I didn't want, What's it called? Time for a beer. But they kind of talks to friends and former players and stuff like that. And uh, actually kind of, because they, they know each other, it gets a bit loose, so it's quite fun. Yep. Um, but... They kept on saying in the coverage uh, with Lingy and blah, blah, and Richo and who was it? Um, that, you know, Collingwood's travelling and they've never complained and, you know, they you know there's those go and play where they're going to be told to play. And it's like, yeah. is that... Is that they don't the have a choice. A, is that the AFL fixture? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You don't get everything happening your way. You don't get to play. Well, unless you But they you're... kept on saying again, they, they've come here, they're not complaining, and it's like, yeah. well, A, it's fucking Eagles home ground. And also, yeah. But, like, also, you think about, what, what, nine other teams or whatever? It's like, yeah, yeah they've, they they can't complain because they well, you, you can't play in an entire state. You can't play in two states. You can't play in Tasmania because yeah. the fucking side screen's still not down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, what? Complain? No, it's... When they, when they devise the fixture, that's where you go and play. Yeah, and also if you did complain, they said, we don't want to do that. They go, no worries, you forfeited the game and you're out of the final. Yeah. They go, oh, we, okay, then we we're not going to complain now. <laughs> but it's so weird to keep on harping on that. Yeah. Um, Saints and Doggies, that was a uh, fucking nail-biter for both of them. So it looked over. It looked over in that early um, uh, uh, last quarter. Well, they had a four-goal lead going into, uh, yeah, the last quarter, um, St Kilda. And they, they actually looked quite good, don't, didn't they? They, you know, moved the ball really quickly and they had all the tall marking. Jesus, Max King's going to be fucking good, isn't he? Dude, when he puts on, you know, puts on the weight and all that kind of stuff, yeah. mate, he'll be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Dermy came out yesterday and said that he should be a million-dollar year. Like, St Kilda should just sign him up for 10 years, to, you know, next week and, yeah, well. and lock him in. So no pressure. Yeah, sure. So it was Dermy coming off the like anesthesia for a back injury. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually that was one game I watched um, with a friend till about three quarter time, and then actually uh, didn't get to watch the last quarter. Oh and yeah. So couldn't. Uh, but I but I kind of thought like you know I think I checked in like about five ten minutes. Then I was like yeah, same time and highs. Um, and then checked the phone again like in about fifteen minutes. I was like what the fuck? Like it just kind of blew up all of a sudden. Yeah, they certainly got the wobbles up St Kilda, and um, but you know managed to hang on for the one goal. Of, was it a three point win or whatever? But you gotta feel fucking Paddy Ryder doing his hamstring with a minute to go. Dude, it's, 
Dude. First ever win in a final. He's played, I think it was the second longest streak without a finals win of 256. Wow, wow. I think the second is Carlton. It's really heartbreaking. Um. <laughs> There's no need to go Carlton, mate, when we're talking about St Kilda. But, the, um, yeah, it's heartbreaking, that kind of stuff. And there's always these kind of stories in the finals, aren't there? You know, like um, the yeah. dude who's like the stalwart, you know. I mean, fuck, you know, cut back to like, what, four years ago, Bob Murphy with the, um, the cup and stuff like that. Very um, true. I mean, I imagine most people, most neutrals, I suppose, are kind of hoping that the Saints can pull the doggies. I mean, I'm... I'm hoping they do that for my St Kilda friends, you know, friend of the show, Charlie Clawson, you know, get your tickets, yep. to get your tickets at trybooking.com for the grand final show. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Saints can do it, but it's obviously going to be a bit tough from from where they are. Well, um, also, and they lose, they lose Jake Carlisle as well, I believe. I think he's going to come back to Melbourne for the birth of a child. Now, seriously, dude. this kid, how much does this kid have to live up to? Say what. the Saints go on to win the premiership. I yeah? tell you what, if I can put your signature on that contract. Yeah. You are signing up. That should be a, that should be a clause. You are not allowed <laughs> to be at the birth yeah, of yeah. your child. But you imagine, right, when this kid, right, so say St Kilda go on an amazing run, they win the premiership, uh-huh. right? In 10 years' time when they're having that reunion and Jake Carlisle's sitting there with that fucking idiot kid just looking at him and it's all in the papers, St Kilda's 10-year reunion from the 2020 flag and he's yep. like, Dad, why are you going to that? He's like, because of you, you little fucking <laughs> shit. Because you couldn't hang on, could you? <laughs> but you know what's interesting? Someone pointed out that uh, most players, I think it was Lee Matthews, told his players not to have unprotected sex in I, January. I think you finally said, Just don't have unprotected sex in January. But he did, did, did do that and he was serious too. He was, but say a lot of the players have done that. Jay Carlisle's done the right thing. He's not expecting the season to have gone into mid-October. That's a really good point, yeah. So technically, not Jake Carlisle's fault, but yeah. still, you'd still be into that kid. I mean, yeah, what a nightmare though. I mean, because it's actually happened quite a bit. Like, didn't hasn't didn't Sidebottom come down for a birth? Yes, is that right? Yes, yep. so they've they've, they've, yep. they've been kind of more than normal this year, and maybe that could be because the season's gone a bit over time. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, but it has. Uh, or maybe it I suppose been it's been talked about more by the fact that everyone expected to be home well yeah i guess that's the other thing it's a big yeah. deal to have to leave the hub because that means it's four weeks out of your life yeah sure i mean i mean i mean if you know still and the family are really committed they just you know give birth in the camper van in the car park out of yeah there's nothing wrong with that people have done it before like yeah why, why can't jake carlisle's <laughs> partner come up to the hub <laughs> so then brisbane richmond as well so that was a really fun game as well. Fuck, man. And it actually made me kind of get kind of excited for a, a Gabba grand final by the fact you go, if the Lions make it, um, mm. it's kind of more about if, you know, if enough fans of the certain teams can get in. Um, you know, a lot of noise and also yeah. at night and you're like, that's actually that's actually going to be pretty sick. Chucking a and, ho- to think- and chucking a hologram Mike Brady. Like. <laughs> that'll make it. That'll make it. Well, to think the two prelims are in the states that can have the most fans, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, sure. Well, apart from, of course, Perth, but they say Grandy, so they didn't deserve it. But uh, yeah, that was a huge win from Brisbane because it kind of looked early like they weren't going to be able to do it. It's going to be the same old story. Richmond had the wood on them. Yep. I got so surprised that they hadn't beaten them since two thousand and nine. Like that is a huge streak. And Shh. Richmond weren't 
dominating back then. No, no, like it could have gone either way for many of those years. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, fuck, man, you think back. What was it? When did Fagan go there? It was like 2016? Yeah, 2016 or 17, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were a fucking bastard case. Like, yeah. Like, people are just like, uh, do we just wrap it up up there? Like, yeah. They're a horror show. And to think that they could be raising the cup in, you know, two weeks' time is fucking amazing. But they had the Steely resolve because they obviously uh, kicked really poorly in the, the two games previous to that. I think they kicked uh, 4-17 earlier this year and 8-17 in last year's final. But they started, the rich, uh, the Brisbane players started sledging each other during goal-kicking practice at training. Yeah, it was kind of encouraged, kind of like to get into their shoebox and yeah. uh, while well, they're having a shot for goal to kind of make them concentrate and put it through, yeah. But I reckon, like, if your teammate, I reckon your teammates could sledge you a lot worse than any other, like, player could because they know shit, you know. You're there, they're your mates. They'd be like, oh, you know, I bet you miss this one because you're having troubles at home because you aren't a really good dad. And he's just like, fucking <laughs> hell, mate. That's, uh, that's really, woo. No, for oh, sure. I heard you, I mean, I heard you still yeah. in therapy because your dad didn't love you when you were five <laughs> and he left you. He didn't pick you up after school one time and you developed anxiety ever since that. I bet you're going to miss from that. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man, I shouldn't have told you. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a shot from 20. <laughs> 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 oh, no, but I find that. Like, imagine, I imagine, Um, <laughs> well, it's funny how uh, it's working for Brisbane with the goal kicking and yet mm. when uh, the Adelaide Crows tried that on a camp, uh, it didn't <laughs> work out so well. It fell apart for them. But fuck, man, I'd love to have fucking goal kicking with mates and like, and if that was the rule and just be like, oh, oh. we're getting personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how much fun would it be? And also, like, I'd give them a PA. Like, so everyone driving past can hear it. Just, you could have some real fun. I think it should be encouraged at the ground. You know what? Because it's, it's all about it. It's a TV game. People are mic'd up. Yeah. If you had a player, you pick a player to go, you're the nominated sledger for the night. And so we at home got to hear what they're saying. How much of um, an added sort of bonus would that be to any coverage? So someone's having a shot at goal. They run, you know, the person's holding a mic and you just hear them fucking just pay out on someone. And like nothing bad, like nothing, you know, not racial or no, religious no, vilification, no, no. anything like that. Nothing like You know, that. sexuality. No. Just like, no. oh, I know what your dad did. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And and how it yeah. affected you. I'm going to bring it up yeah. real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Another That's AFL really idea, okay. Yeah. Person in the crowd, nominate them during the week. A bit like Lovely. a like a bit of a... um. Uh, AFL Oz kicker, you know, it's like the sledger mm. of the week, and then, and then that. also they can talk to mm. Hamish um, during the halftime break, and they were like, yep. "Oh, g'day, um, g'day, what's your name? Yeah. Oh, Adam. Oh, yeah. okay. So, um, so how did you find out that uh, 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 Graham's father spent three years in jail? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you go fuck off, Hamish." Dima Hardwick took a bit of a different kind of route this year. He's been handing well, out gifts. Everyone's trying to do shit differently, aren't they? To keep things fresh, they're up in hubs, they don't know what to do. So, yeah, Dimmer, he's given, handing out, uh, like, T-shirts during training. Now, please tell me he has the T-shirt cannon. Oh, and, and like we've talked about on this show before, a sawn-off T-shirt <laughs> cannon. <laughs> so you can keep it under your jacket and then fucking boom! He's <laughs> just in the back of the head, bang, T-shirt. There you go, Dion Prestia. There's your fucking T-shirt, <laughs> Why are you crying? I only just yeah. got you. <laughs> exactly. Or you have a silencer for his T-shirt cannon. <laughs> so just... <laughs> you see, like... 
Like, it's almost like Secret Santa. He's, like, really yeah. surprising. Like, hey, he's a T-shirt. Obviously, a lot of the um, AFL players are big fans of the NFL. They're big fans of NBA. They're big fans they of... They love it. We talked about Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Cameron. Uh, Charlie Cameron had the Julio Jones tattoo on his calf. Although they you love know, it. You know it would be really cool if Julio Jones got a tattoo of Charlie Cameron. Charlie Cameron, yeah. Oh, and, and, and it's only a matter of time. I'm not ruling it out. NF, <laughs> NFL players, they love the AFL. It's, They're all over it's, it. Yeah, it, it, it's a two-way street. Um, so, Dim has been handing out kind of NFL-themed T-shirts, I suppose. Um, mm. And uh, with a bit of a, a story about uh, maybe a team or a player. Um, now, some of the stories I think are a bit rich. Like, um, well, he, I mean, he, what, uh, uh, this might be, uh, I don't want to say too much, but I don't want to get too into the sanctum of Richmond. But, yeah. um, but he, he, he told an inspiring story about Ray Lewis, who <laughs> <laughs> was accused of... Accessory after a fact. After <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah. Look, I'm not saying he has killed a man, but yeah, it's most likely he was there when a man was killed. Um, yeah. And then there's also the uh, very fascinating story about um, Aaron Hernandez, that an NFL player who a new, I think he was a New York player, and he was in a nightclub and he packed a gun and then he was going up the stairs and he shot himself in the foot uh, with his own gun. Yes, <laughs> uh, Plexico Burris, I think that might have been. But it goes on like they're talking about the T-shirts that are given out, and I just I don't think that like the players are going, oh, this is great from Dimmer, but I'm not quite sure they're totally on board because it says here uh, Dylan Grimes said Hardwick's most recent batch of T-shirts highlighted NFL defensive philosophies, which he thought related to the 1980s Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm if you go, I, I think I think it's about the Bucks. It's got it's got a Buccaneers player on it. I'm not really sure, and I know my NFL. The Buccaneers were fucking rubbish in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, sure, like sure, sure. Were, yeah, they did, were the worst. I did notice that as well. Like, kind of, you know, making a big deal. Like, we're going to get this message through. We're going to get this message through, and then Dylan Grimes yeah. there going like, "Yeah, I got a t-shirt, and I don't really know what it said, what it meant, but um, you know, I, I wear it because." You know? Yeah, well, Dion Prestia says there's usually a story behind a certain theme. The 85 Chicago Bears, there was a doco on their season, and I'm guessing that's something to do with their defence. <laughs> it's like, what do you fucking mean, mate? Does he not tell you why you're getting these T-shirts? Wait, they got to decode it as well? Yeah, oh, uh, he'd, getting, he'd given them Chicago T-shirts because he just watched the Blues Brothers. Uh, she, I think he um, he bought me um, a Coca-Cola, and I think he wanted me to put it in the fridge after a refrigerator Perry. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> it's like it's not choose your own adventure, Dimmer. Yeah, it's very strange. If they don't know what the fuck's going on, but yeah. Um, bloodbath at North, man. Bloodbath. It's this. There's going to be nothing left. It's just going to be Reese Shaw and um, uh, John Blakey, who they just got from Sydney, and that is it. Everyone else has been fucking cut from North. So eleven players and then six coaches this week. Now this might have to do with the soft cap that they might have to cut back for next year. But again, uh, if I hark back to Jeff Kennett to giving his speech at the BNF at Hawthorne, um, he said we don't know what the salary cap will be next year. Like uh, he might have said we don't know what the soft cap will be next year yet. So and even the playlist as well. So, yeah, but they don't know list sizes. So. They're just going slash, slash, slash. But also, um, I find interesting the fact that Brady Rawlings is the football manager there. Yes. And essentially have to get rid of his brother, Jade. How would that have been? Dude, what's that meeting like? You go, hey, hey, Jade, remember that time mum um, gave us like fairy bread and then you said that she didn't give me fairy bread, but I found out later that you'd eaten the fairy bread. Yeah. 
Well, you're fucking out of a job, son. <laughs> so tell your story, walking, and go fucking ring mum now about that. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you? Yeah. I, I imagine. I imagine he had to be in the room, or I had to make the phone. Well, it'd be a phone call, I suppose. Uh, uh, yeah, probably wouldn't have been at the club, would he? Just be like, uh, g'day. Um, um, I know you're my brother, but um, I've got to let you go. Dude. I love you like a brother because uh, you are my brother. <laughs> and actually, I think I think the Rawlings family are from Tasmania. Are they? I feel like Joe and Brady might be from Tasmania. So he would have lived, he literally would have yeah. said, he literally would have said, I love you like a brother, <laughs> <laughs> but I am from Tasmania. <laughs> and then he goes, why are you laughing? We are brothers. It doesn't make sense. Because Jade... Uh, I don't know if uh, what happened or the future of how it developed, but Jade Rawlings used to go out with Richo's sister. So that oh, maybe okay. that makes sense again because another Tasmanian, so maybe they knew each other in Tasmania and the like. There you go. And are you saying this has something to do with his sacking? No, no, I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm just like trying to connect the dots of the joke about Kappa. He says, I love you like a brother, and that Brady Rawlings <laughs> right, might have caught up right. Jade and said, I love right, you like so a brother. Right, so you're burrowing down into a Warwick Kappa joke. It's fucking amazing, though. That is, I mean, Kappa could actually be, it actually could be philosophical. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's not a joke from Kappa. Like, he's like, true. brothers in Tasmania love each other yeah. more than anything else. And, and yeah, that's when true. sometimes they have tough times and push comes mm. to shove, but I do love you like a brother. Yeah. I bet I am from Tasmania. <laughs> uh, I got a three-inch penis. <laughs> three-inch penis uh, from the ground. So um, six coaches have gone. So that, that would be almost, you would think, the whole coaches box. Like that's almost every line, development coaches, you name it, would have to be cleared out. And they've just gotten John Blakey out of Sydney. And there was talk that they might get Paul Ruse to oversee uh, Shorey as well as sort of like a senior assistant um, to be a mentor, I think the word has been used. And yeah, but I can't imagine that that would be the case if they just got Blakey. Well, I also may imagine that if they do get Paul Ruse, that could be the AFL writing the check. Oh, you think, to help him out of the doldrums. For whatever that may be. No, but like if it, particularly for Ruse. So if they say, almost like a, a coaching mentor, I suppose. I mean, yep. it's happened a few times. I mean, they had kind of had Parker at Hawthorne way back with Schwabby. Didn't no, really work a out. Yeah, yeah. So I reckon if they uh, they flat that idea and it comes through, that might be the AFL. It wouldn't be a full time job, but that might be the AFL saying, "Yeah." We'll oh, 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 hang on! Don't tell me Paul Ruse wants a really well paid, not full time <laughs> job. That is a slur, <laughs> and I won't have a bar of it, Michael. That's look, not the Ruse we know and love. Friend of the show. Look, Tammy's made a lot of sacrifices. <laughs> um, should we do some footballers in real life? But quickly, why don't we give a tip for next week? So we've got Richmond and Geelong. Uh, I don't do tips, mate. I just do margins. Uh, 17 points. And then we're going to have uh, Colleen Winston Kilda. Oh, bloody hell. It's it's a 1966 grand final replay, Adam. No, no. It's Collingwood and Geelong. Mate, it's Collingwood and Geelong next week. <laughs> and, and it's Richmond, Richmond and St. Kilda. Kilda. Yeah. You know your footy. That's why people <laughs> come to this show. And then also said 1966 when it's like 2010 when they last did it. Well, that is true. Yeah, sure. Why don't we get to the football in real life? Yeah, tips aren't really our thing. From Ed, <laughs> football in real life. We, we, we couldn't get... There's two games and we couldn't get them right. <laughs> and we never do tips. Yeah. Uh, in SA Junior Football, was able to have a session unlike other places. Season. Uh, season. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking like, <laughs> you're at the junior footy and you're having a session. Yeah. Oh, mate, get on it. Kids <laughs> love it. Bloody hell. 10 a.m. on Sunday. It's, it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, one of my boys uh, played his last under nine under nines game, 
on behalf of the Suburban High School Oval. Uh, coaches are allowed on the ground in this level. Good. Uh, uh, lads game going very well, touching up their very soft Eastern Suburbs op- opponents. Great. Uh, I then hear this nasally rasp coming from the other game going on behind us. Leave up, Jaden. Good luck, Hunter. Good boy, Hunter. Good boy, Hunter. And so on. Actually, I won't try this impression because <laughs> <laughs> I'll get fucking bashed. And so on. Uh, none other than eight-time All-Australian Mark Rusciuto coaching an under-10s team. Wow. This was early morning and after his boundary commentary gig the night before at the Port Essendon game. Uh, mentioned to my son's team at quarter time. Nobody knew who I was talking about. Give him back to shame. the game. That's a shame, though. Those children should be made to go over and look at Mark Rusciuto and understand what he has given to South Australian football. Yeah, for sure. I like to think that Mark Rusciuto coaching like an under-10s team or whatever and Mm. like all of his inspirational stories like one day, Sunday afternoon, we were at the Ramsgate Hotel (laughs) and we were outnumbered and we fucking won. Now go out there and (laughs) throw a bloke on a car bonnet. (laughs) Bashing like he's Josh Carr. He has six kids, Rue. He does. He's got a lot going on. Mm. Uh, from Ashley, a couple of weeks ago, me and my fam were out to Father's Day lunch with my wa- dad's wife, uh, and my wife's dad, <laughs> and <laughs> trying to think of my dad's wife. Oh, that'd be your mother. <laughs> In most cases. We've got to get you to stop reading these. <laughs> uh, my wife's dad and my dad... At the Big Shed Brewery in Adelaide. Have you ever been there, Adam? Big Shed Brewery? I have not been to the Big Shed Brewery, no. I'll look it up. Uh, at a table nearby, quaffing a few ales. I'm going to put this in brackets myself. A few froths. Uh, yep. We all recognise a bloke we could not quite place. Being that footy is the only uh, one of the only things we all had in common, we agreed he must have been an ex-player. It was only later that night that it hit us. It was none other than ex-Adelaide Football Club and Port legend Scott Hodges. Oh, there you go. Looking quite different from his playing days, now spotting a grey goatee and a bald head. Thank you for the detail. Now, was he one of the superstars of Port Adelaide that when he got into the AFL didn't dominate the way he had in the sample? He was, yeah. So he played in Port, I reckon, back in... There was a particular grand final, I remember, because they used to be able to watch the Sandville grand final on the ABC, I think. Yeah, that's Um, true. And there was a particular game, I think he had to break... I think he kicked 150 for the year. But I feel like he might have had to break the record in that game. Yep. Um, and I think he might have even had to go off for a while for an injury and then came back and I think he broke the record. Uh, I might be making that up, but I feel like that might be in a roundabouts. Um, um, but yeah, so he was one of those dudes who was an absolute superstar. And then, I mean, I, I, you know, maybe when, you know, the Crows came around and he had... And, um, and then also, let's not forget Modra. Like, yes. even though he wasn't, you know, in 1991, he came in later. But um, um, he might have been one of those guys who maybe got to the Crows when they entered, like, might have been just a bit too old, maybe. Um, I hear you, man. But it doesn't sound like a young Michael would have stayed indoors to watch the SANFL grand final. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't have heaps of things on. (laughs) (laughs) But didn't you ever do that? Like, that that was just like, it was just a different... Absolutely I did. Yeah, for sure. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so, I I get it. You're you're a cunt. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) From Gab, hi, cousin Michael. Oh. It's a relative of mine. Uh, here's a picture of footballers in real life. Eston and Chaps pounding the pavement in Hastings Street, Noosa, keeping, them fit, keeping themselves fit by posesizing. Uh, Andrew McGrath and Mason Redman and whoever else. So there's a photo of like four dudes. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, I'll finish. I'll finish off the um, message, then we can uh, talk about it. Um, uh, amazing! I spotted them as very unlike a way for footballers to do a shirtless strut up and down Hastings Street. So we've got four players, and they've all got their shirt off. Mm. Two have their caps, their baseball caps on backwards, like supreme yeah. fucking cockheads. <laughs> and they've got the t-shirts tucked into the back of the um, the shorts because yeah. it's too too heavy to carry or sling over a shoulder because that'll affect your tan. Yeah, it'd be the kind of yeah. If you kind of saw these people, you'd just think, I don't like you immediately. The kind of people you look at and you go, I don't, I don't like you immediately. Yeah, yeah. And do you know Noosa at all? Uh, I've only been there a couple of times. I'm not that familiar with it. No, couple of times, maybe once. Actually, once on a roadshow, comedy festival roadshow. Yeah, so we gotcha. only would have spent the night there. Yeah, sure. I mean, you did say a couple of times he meant once, but, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, if anything, we don't want to lie to the people who listen to the show. Well, I went to go up to uh, Clive Palmer's um, oh, Jurassic like, Park. The, the dinosaur thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was shut. Uh, from Ed. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for the pod. Football in real life here. Um, and that's me... Copying and pasting the same Michael Schumer story <laughs> that we had before. <laughs> oh, you've had a cracker. I don't think that's me, though. I think you've copied and pasted that. I don't think I did that. I think you've done that. Have I? That's on fucking you, okay? Okay? All right. Don't be fucking, fucking Chris Scott here, okay? Take the blame. All right, it's on me. Uh, we're going to hit the road. We're Junk Time Over at Gmail on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, hey, you can see this stuff. You can see this stuff live if you want. Go to trybooking.com and uh, search on Junk Time AFL Pod Grand Final Live Show. Two guys, one cup crossover. You can hit the road. Go, go, Saints. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.